For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, An Introduction to the Biblical Festivals. This is part three of the series. So the order of authority is Yeshua is the head of the congregation. Males are supposed to be under the authority of the Messiah. And if the males are under the authority of the Messiah, females are supposed to be under the authority of their husbands, the males. But who are the females really submitted to? If their husbands are submitted to Yeshua, who are they really submitted to? Yeshua. So everything is in order. Those who live far from Jerusalem are also commanded to celebrate the feast. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 21. If the place which the Lord your God has chosen to put his name there is too far from thee, then you will kill of your herd and of your flock which the Lord has given you as I have commanded you, and you shall eat in your gate whatsoever your soul lusts after. So if it's too far to go to Jerusalem, you're allowed to celebrate the festivals where you are at. And when you celebrate, you're not to come and celebrate the feast and come before Yahweh empty-handed. Deuteronomy 16 verses 16 and 17. Three times a year shall all your males appear before the Lord your God in the place where he shall choose in the feast of unleavened bread in the feast of weeks in the feast of tabernacles and they shall not appear before the Lord empty every man shall give as he is able according to his blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you so these are harvest festivals and you're supposed to come and bring of your harvest and you're supposed to come with attitude of thanksgiving unto the God of Israel for what he's given to you, you are to give back to him. Believers in Messiah are to give to the kingdom of the God of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. But remember the Lord your God because it's he that gives you power to get wealth. It's not you, it's him. That he may establish his covenant which he swore unto his fathers as it is this day. So he's giving you power to get wealth. He's blessing you so that his covenant can be established. Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yahweh says you remember me and my kingdom I will remember you. Believers in Messiah are to give to the kingdom of the God of Israel. This is repeated in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 8. But I say he which sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He which sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart so let him give. Not grudgingly. Don't give because you're forced to or the basket goes around and you feel pressured to do it or of necessity but God loves a cheerful giver 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Notice by you giving cheerfully that the God of Israel is blessing you in return. Continuing on, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. That's Psalm 112. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. The appointed seasons are for the biblical festival. Passover is to be celebrated in the first month. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and Leviticus 23, verse 5. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. In the fourteenth day at the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. Exodus chapter 13, verse 3 and 4. Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came you out in the month of Aviv, and it's referred to today also as Nisan. Pentecost is celebrated 50 days following first fruit. Leviticus 23 verse 15, And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. You're to count seven complete Sabbaths. Even unto the morrow after after the seventh Sabbath shall you number fifty days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Leviticus 23:17. You shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are first fruit unto the Lord. Tabernacles is celebrated in the seventh month. Leviticus 23:34. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto to the Lord. The biblical feasts are given to a covenant nation. This is the house of Jacob. There's a literal house of Jacob. There's a redeemed house of Jacob and Messiah. Luke 1.33, Messiah will rule and reign over a redeemed house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Exodus chapter 19 verse 1. In the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came unto the wilderness of Sinai. Verse 3 of Exodus 19, Moses went up up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. And who was it that came out of Egypt and became a part of the house of Jacob? We're told about a mixed multitude who did so in Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 and 38. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And the mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. So who is the house of Jacob that's standing at Mount Sinai? They consist of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and also these mixed multitudes that we're reading about here in Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 and 38. But wait, how can the mixed multitude, the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how can they become, and how are they part of the house of Jacob? That's because they have the 
status of being strangers, sojourners, they are adopted or they are grafted in. And it says in Numbers chapter 15, verse 15 and 16, that one Torah is both for the native born, the physical descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and also for the stranger or the sojourner. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourns with you. And that there's one ordinance for both the physical descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the one that is grafted in is an ordinance forever in your generation. As you are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One Torah in one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourns with you. Notice this ordinance is how long? Forever. Which begs the question, how long is forever? You know what I was taught in traditional Christianity, what forever meant? Until Yeshua died on the tree. And then it all changed. And then that was for them. But we have new commandments that were given to us that are different from what was commanded to them. Uh, but that's not what this says. It says one Torah is for you, the congregation and the stranger. And that commandment is forever. And so the covenant that the God of Israel make with the people known as the house of Jacob included the stranger. Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 14. And you shall rejoice in the feast, your son and your daughter, that's the native born, your manservant, maidservant, the Levite, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that is within your gate. So you can see if you're not a native born who is a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah, then you are a stranger. And so these feasts are for you as well. So there is a promise of blessing for keeping the biblical festivals. It says in Exodus 34 verse 23 and 24, three times a year shall all your men, children, appear before the Lord your God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. Neither shall any man desire your land when you shall go up to appear before the Lord your God three times in a year. Look, I'm going to defeat your enemies. I will cast out the nations and enlarge your borders. I'm going to defeat your enemies and give you a greater blessing if you will just eat and celebrate my biblical festivals. So once again, an overview of the spring festivals. Passover is the 14th day of the first month from Leviticus 23 verse 5. On the 14th day of the first month that evening is the Lord's Passover. And so unleavened bread follows Passover and it's a seven day festival. Leviticus 23 verse 6. On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. You shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day of the holy convocation you shall do no servile work. So unleavened bread is in the first month from the 15th to the 21st day. Then you have the first fruits of the barley harvest which is the morrow after the Sabbath. Leviticus 23.10 Speak unto the children of Israel and say when you come into the land which I give you and you shall reap the harvest you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath the priest shall wave it. So first fruit is the day after the Sabbath during unleavened bread and that begins a counting of seven complete weeks which concludes with Shavuot or the Feast of Pentecost. Leviticus 23.15 You shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath from the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering seven Sabbaths shall be complete even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number fifty days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So Pentecost or Shavuot is fifty days following first root and these seven weeks of counting is known as the counting of the Omer. Pentecost is the conclusion of Passover because the God of Israel said 
to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 12. He said, certainly I will be with you. This shall be the token that I have sent you. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. He brought them out and this has got to be the sign. This is the sign that I brought you out of Egypt. You're going to come to Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai is the conclusion of the redemption from Egypt. In other words, there's a link and a connection of it and to it. The full coming out of Egypt is going to the promised land. So an overview of the fall festivals, the trumpets or the Yom Teruah, commonly known as Rosh Hashanah, is celebrated in the seventh month. Uh, Leviticus 23-24, speaking unto the children of Israel in the seventh month on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. So trumpet is the seventh month, the first day. And the day of atonement is the tenth day of the seventh month. Leviticus 23-27, on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement, it shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Next is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's the 15th day of the 7th month. Leviticus 23:34. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The 15th day of the 7th month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. So Tabernacles begins on the 15th day of the 7th month, goes for seven days. But it says in Leviticus 23:39, On the 15th day of the 7th month, when you've gathered in the fruit of your land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. Keep a feast seven days. On the first day is a Sabbath, and on the eighth day is a Sabbath. Keep the feast for seven days on the first day is a Sabbath, but then on the eighth day is a Sabbath. What? Keep it for seven days and you're talking about the eighth day. The eighth day is an extra day that the God of Israel attached to tabernacles known as the eighth conclusion. Shemini, eight at Zerat conclusion. The rabbis added another day to Shemini at Zerat, which they refer to as Simhat Torah, which is celebrated on the 23rd day of the seventh month. So not only do we have the annual festivals, but we have the weekly Sabbath is also a biblical festival. Leviticus 23 verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say concerning the feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocation. Even these are my feasts. So he's talking about his feasts. Then he talks about the weekly Sabbath. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwelling. So we have that the weekly Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 verses 8 and 9 and verse 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Continuing on, what the Bible refers to as high Sabbath. What is a high Sabbath? It's a special designated Sabbath day by the God of Israel that is separate and distinct from the weekly Sabbath. In Hebrew, a high Sabbath is known as a Shabbaton, and it is the Strong's number 7677. There are seven special designated Sabbath days uh, besides the weekly Sabbath that the God of Israel specifies during the biblical year. What are these seven yearly high Sabbaths? The first is the first day of unleavened bread. It's the first month in the 15th day. That is designated as the Sabbath. The last day of unleavened bread, which is the first month in the 21st day, that is designated as the Sabbath. The day of Shavuot or Pentecost, which is 50 days after first fruit, that is a Sabbath. The day of trumpets, Yom Teruah, traditionally called Rosh Hashanah, which is the seventh month in the first day, that is a designated Sabbath day. The day of atonement,
Atonement, the seventh month and the tenth day, the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the seventh month and the fifteenth day, and finally the eighth day that is added to the Feast of Tabernacles, Shemini at Zeret, the seventh month and the twenty-second day. All of these are designated Sabbath days by the God of Israel in addition to the weekly Sabbath. They have a special designation. They are known as Shabbaton. So therefore, it's possible for a weekly Sabbath and a high Sabbath to occur in the same week. The new moon is also a festival and the new moon is known as Rosh Hodesh. There are two primary Hebrew words for moon. One of the Hebrew words for moon is Yarik. The Strong's number 3394. Yar is the root of Yarik. It's the same root that is found in the word Jordan, which is Yarden in Hebrew. And Jordan or Yarden means to descend. Another Hebrew word for moon is Levanah, the Strong's word 3842. It means white. Yarik is associated with the descending, the dark or the hidden aspect of the moon. Levanah is associated with the ascending or the bright or the full element or aspect of the moon because the moon goes through cycles of being hidden and then its light is seen again. So moon in Hebrew means months. The Hebrew word for moon is Yarak. It is the Strong's number 3394. It is associated with the Hebrew word Yarik, which means month. Yarik is the Strong's number 3391. So moon, which is Yarak in Hebrew, the Strong's number 3394, is associated with Yarik, which is month, or the Strong's number 3391. So we're going to see now how that the biblical calendar is lunar. Rosh Hodesh was the first commandment given to the nation of Israel when they were redeemed from Egypt. In Exodus chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. This day came you out in the month of Aviv, also called Nisan today. And so in Exodus 12 2 it says this month. It's the Strong's number 2320. It's the Hebrew word Hodesh. This month shall be unto you the beginning of month. There's the word Hodesh again. It shall be the first month. There's the word Hodesh of the year to you. First Samuel chapter 20 verse 5 it says, And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon. New moon? That is 2320 in the Strong's. It's Hodesh. So in the King James we have in Exodus chapter 12 verse 2 the word month, beginning of month, and first month is all the same Hebrew word Hodesh which is translated as new moon in First Samuel chapter 20 verse 5. So we can see that month in biblical calendar is lunar and it's associated with the moon. The sun and the moon were given for signs and seasons, as we read earlier. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. There were lights in the heavens for signs and for seasons, days and years. And Genesis 1, 16, there's two great light. The greater light, which is the sun to rule the day. The lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. They were given for seasons, moed, for set times, for appointed times. So the moon was given to determine the festival. Psalm 104, verse 1, 5, and 19. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Yahweh, my Elohim, you are very great, you are clothed with honor and majesty, who laid the foundations of the earth, that it should not be removed forever. He appointed the moon for seasons, for Moed. The sun knoweth his going down. The moon is for appointed seasons, that determines appointed seasons.
seasons. So in looking at the biblical calendar, the main purpose of the biblical calendar is to set the date for the festivals. The ancient biblical calendar was a lunar calendar. During the time of Yeshua, the regulation of the calendar was the exclusive right of the biblical court known as the Sanhedrin. Each new moon, called Rosh Hodesh, the head of the month in Hebrew, was determined by the visual sighting of two witnesses who would testify that they saw the new moon to the Sanhedrin. From the testimony of the two witnesses, the Sanhedrin would declare that the new moon had begun. Each biblical festival could not be determined before the arrival of the month in which it was to be held. In the first century, the Sanhedrin consisted of 71 judges who met in the chamber of the hewn stone in the temple. The Sanhedrin was overseen by the president known as the Nasi, which means a banner or a high standard. Binding and loosing referred to the judicial actions taken by the Sanhedrin. In order to communicate that the new moon had begun to those who lived in distant places, the Sanhedrin would light a fire from a mountaintop. In turn, additional fires were lit from mountaintop to mountaintop. However, the Samaritans and other peoples would also light fires several days before and following the expected day of the new moon to confuse the people of the God of Israel. Because of this problem, the sighting of the new moon started to become communicated to people in distant lands by means of messengers. This change was introduced by Judah Hanasi in about 135 to 200 of the Common Era. So through complication and persecution by the Romans, the declaration of the new moon by the Sanhedrin no longer became possible. As a result, Hillel II, around 358 in the Common Era, introduced a calendar to determine each month based upon a mathematical calculation. This present exile, which is used today by the Jewish people, is based upon a mathematical calculation, and it should be seen as an exile calendar. The determination of the new moon based upon the present mathematical calculation will no longer be done during the Messianic era, but then it will be done according to the days of old. So in Exodus chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, the God of Israel said, declare Aviv to be the beginning of months. It's also referred to as Nisan today. And the names that are commonly used for biblical months are of Babylonian origin. The names that are used by the Jewish people for the biblical months are Babylonian names. Why did the rabbis maintain the Babylonian names? Because he wanted the people to remember that they're still in exile. So they kept the Babylonian names as a reminder that they're still in exile and to anticipate and to await for the redemption. So because the God of Israel said in Exodus chapter 12 that Aviv would be the beginning of month, that from Exodus chapter 12 through the rest of the Bible in the book of Revelation, you're going to use Aviv being the first month of the year. This is referred to as the religious calendar. Prior to Exodus chapter 12, you have what is known as the civil calendar. So looking at the biblical calendar, we have what is called a religious calendar, which was set up by the God of Israel. And the first month in the religious calendar is Aviv or Nisan, and the 12th month is Adar. But in the civil calendar, the first month is Tishrei. So on the religious calendar, Tishrei is the seventh month, but on the civil calendar, it is the first month. So when you're trying to understand these things, you need to understand the distinction between the religious and the civil calendar. So this is going to conclude our teaching on the introduction to the festivals. We need to recognize and understand that these festivals are festivals of the God of Israel that are fulfilled by the Messiah. The spring festivals teach about his first coming. The fall festivals teach about his second coming. The festivals teach about our personal relationship with 
Messiah. We come out of Egypt, which is a picture of the world, the world system. We put the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost. That's accepting Yeshua in our hearts and our lives. But then we pass through the sea. We are baptized. We are immersed in Messiah. And we go to Mount Sinai to keep His commandments. And the God of Israel has a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And it gets fulfilled when we obey the God of Israel, walk in His commandments, and He takes us to our spiritual promised land. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject in introduction to the biblical festivals. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.